Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Crooked Illness. If you are new here, my name is Paris Brinkevich, and I am the creator and host of the Crooked Illness podcast, where we get into all things health-related. The primary focus of the podcast within the umbrella of health-related topics is mental health and mindset. I began Crooked Illness as a way to motivate, inspire, empower, and educate people on these interesting topics. My background and passion for starting Crooked Illness stems from the field of psychology. After completing both my BA in psychology and MBA in healthcare administration, my passion for mental health only continued to grow. As a result of this, I decided to start Crooked Illness to bring more awareness, tips, and conversations to the table about these topics. I offer my perspective on the work I've done and how it inspired me to begin this podcast. Along with this perspective, I also speak about my personal experience with mental health and how I use those experiences to help educate, inspire, and motivate others. I really enjoy doing interviews and connecting with people who also love to discuss and learn more about mental health. If you would like to learn more, become a guest, or connect, feel free to reach out to me by shooting me a message on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, or to my email of crookedillness at gmail.com. Hello, guys, and welcome to another episode of Crooked Illness. Today's episode is going to be with an incredible returning guest of mine. His name is Ryan Stanley, and he was on my episode titled Utilizing Curiosity Over Judgment to Empower a Creative Mindset, where he spoke about the ways in which we can shift the view we have of ourselves and others in order to move away from judgment and move toward a nature of compassion and understanding. The reason I wanted to make this episode with Ryan today is to discuss his book, which is the title of this episode, Be Patient, Be Present, Be Joyful. In this book, Ryan provides the tools to patch up those feelings of stress, overwhelming moments, and anxiety that we all experience so we can heal on our own. So without further ado, welcome back, Ryan, to the podcast. Yeah, so super excited to be here, Paris. Thank you. was looking forward to it all day. Yeah. Um, thank you for having me back. <laughs> of course. It's such a, I love talking with you. I love every time we get to connect. So I really wanted you to come on here and really talk about this book and get into what it's about. So if you can, what is the overarching message of your book? Yeah. I mean, in general, I think the overarching message, and that's a great question that I don't think anybody's asked me before. So in general, really, it's, it's kind of spelled out in the prologue now that I'm thinking about it out loud. And the overarching message is that we are all creators mm. and that we are always and in always creating something. Right. And then so, mm. and, and it, really dives into that in the prologue and then the, the chapters go into patience and presence and joy and how we can create them mm. and that when we're in anxiety or frustration or overwhelm whether we know it or not and not that it's not valid but we are creating anxiety frustration and mm -hmm. overwhelm it comes from within it feels often like it comes from things that are happening quote unquote to us but really the actual feelings are coming from within so the mm -hmm. overall arching theme is that just be is self-awareness and the fact that you can be aware that who are you creating in any given moment and what, what choices do you have in that, 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 uh, that moment? I love that. I love how you describe it in the way that we are all creators. You know, we're creating this energy and sometimes we're not always aware of that. And I like how in the book you describe, you know, really being here, really being present, really taking the time to be aware of that and have that self-awareness. So 
you know, if you could kind of get into, you know, what is the, I really like the section that you had the band-aid section in your book, like at the end of the chapters, you would have a section called band-aid. So can you talk about what that, like, what is that section about? What inspired you to put that in there? Yeah. So, and thank you again, by the way, for, mm-hmm. for the opportunity to share. Um, yeah. So, so while the title of the book is Be Patient, Be Present, Be Joyful, mm-hmm. there's a subtitle of a first aid kit for the emotional bumps, scrapes, and bruises of life. Mm-hmm. So, and real quick, before I get to the Band-Aids piece, because this will be part of the answer, <clears throat> you know, I, I wrote this book for with two purposes in mind. Obviously, there, actually, there's a grander purpose of just leaving a legacy and, and serving the world and being the light that I want to see in the world and that type of thing. But for the reader, I have two particular uh, purposes. One is that you can read it straight through in a short amount of time. You don't need to spend, you know, two weeks, two months, whatever. You can sit down at a nice lunch outside, perhaps, and uh, read it in 35, 40 minutes and get through it and have some tangible takeaways that you can immediately utilize literally in that moment and for the rest of the day. And it's also written in a sense towards conversational, right? It's not, it's not like this super deep, heady stuff as much as it's more of just a, a conversation of some layman's terms, basically, of who you can be in any given moment, mm. right? So ideally, you'll read straight through it, and the next day you might think about who am I creating, how can I create patience, how can I create uh, presence, joy, et cetera. Um, but the other piece to it, and this is where the Band-Aids come into play, is that I also created it to literally be a first aid kit if you're having a stressful moment, mm. whether you've read it or not. Um, you know, to keep in your back pocket, to keep in your purse, to keep in your glove compartment. When you're having a stressful moment, I literally was created. So on any page, there's something that could possibly serve you. Mm. So it's, it's almost like if you leave it up to the universe, it's almost like the magic eight ball, right? It's like, okay, just what do you have for me today, right? And I mean, like there's, in fact, for, for those who are seeing this on video, you can see there's, there's quotes on different pages, there's highlights on different pages. So there's always something that will stand out to you. Um, and the, the bandage at the end of each chapter were made for that as well. So at the end of ch- like, you know, chapter one is be patient. And it goes into the concept of creating patience. And at the end, okay, now I have some of these concepts of what it's mm-hmm. like to be a creator and how I can create patience. What are some quick steps or some quick band-aids? So being a first aid kit, the band-aids are just going to be quick things that I could just open up and say, okay, what are some things I could do right now to work on my patience? Yeah. Wow. I thought, I just thought that was really powerful. You know, when I was reading through this and I read it all in like one sitting and I was sitting there and I got to those sections and I was reading that because I know um, one of them you have is I I like how you it's kind of like tips it's kind of like giving you know you have the chapter and you describe what it means to really create that in your life to to have this you know uh, patience and to be present and to create that and then I like how you have the band-aid section to kind of it's kind of like a summary, a little bit totally. summary to help people through, you know, maybe if you're going through something that day and you're not having a good day or something's happening and you, you whip this out and you read it and you're like, okay, so, you know, spend time with and in nature is one of them. And then take, you said, pay attention to what all five of your senses are experiencing right now. So it kind of, you know, when you read that and you read each one of those bullet points that are under the band-aids, yeah. you kind of just sit there and you're like, wow, you know, maybe you didn't think about it that way, or maybe you didn't, you know, it just, I feel like it put more ideas in my head of how to create that happiness that you're talking about. And and so the ones that you just mentioned were at the end of of the chapter of being present, right? Mm -hmm. Those are band-aids for being present. And so a lot of time people are like, oh my gosh, being present, it feels like this whole thing. Do I have to meditate for seven hours a day? Do I need to become a monk? Do I need to do yoga every day? You know, 
And that if you're new to personal growth or self-development or you're ready to make a change, this is a great book in that sense, but you might feel like, oh, it just feels like a whole lifelong journey that mm -hmm. I have to do. I don't know how to be present. So to your point, at the very least, they could open to the end of each chapter and say, yeah. oh, we're just some quick tips that anybody can do. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that the band-aid is, if you think about it, the band-aids are for, and they are also for adults and for all of us, but band-aids, I always just think of like a first aid kit, like the kid comes in from, from, you know, scratching their knee. Hey, I need a band-aid, right? I'm not, it's not the end of the world. I don't need to go to the hospital, mm -hmm. but I just do need something real quick to make me feel better. Even just to cover up, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> cover the bleeding, stop it from bleeding, make me feel better about putting it on. And so these are tips that anybody can utilize it no matter where they are in their journey to, to remember who they'd prefer to be based on the information that's in the chapter. Wow. I like how, I like also how you describe that, you know, the way that you wrote this is it, is it, it's in layman's terms. So anyone can understand it. It's not like a really, you know, a hard, hard thing to process, hard thing to read. You know, you have to set like, you know, it's a big giant book to get through. You know, I like, I like that and how you made it simple and how you, the examples you use really apply to so many things and so many scenarios in any given moment that we're facing. I really like that. And I thought it was, yeah. um, you know, just the entire idea behind putting that together. And I really like also how you have at the end of the book, you have different quotes at the end too. And I yeah, think that's, a, that's a section called CPR, right? So yes. it's, it's, uh, it's, and again, just something like, Hey, they're, they're the second half of the book. It's not like, written longhand. It's not like, it's not long thing. They're just blurbs or just passages, stuff that has come from my Instagram page or whatever. But again, if you're having a tough day, you can just open, listen, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm having an anxiety attack. I'm feeling impatient or whatever. I don't necessarily feel like even reading a whole book, but I know that I can open mm -hmm. to the second half, get some CPR, get some oxygen, get some awareness, get some thoughts that would, would distract or, um, I don't know to distract, but change focus of my mm -hmm. thoughts from being ones of lack or fear or scarcity or inability of lack of health or anything like that. Yeah. So ones of focus of intention and purpose and now. Yeah. I really liked that section because I thought it was really cool to, you know, if you get through the book, you finish the chapters and then you have this section that you call CPR where there's different quotes that you can read that help you through you know, different things that you've gone through, different things that you've experienced, or maybe just to have, you know, just to open it up and read a quote and say, wow, like, I like that. And I like, you know, I like that, that that's there. Yeah. So, you know, I really like that section. Um, also, I wanted to ask you, so there is a quote in the book that uh, it's like my favorite one. I like wrote it down. I was like, I'm going to write this down. I'm going to, I'm going to put this over here. So this is how I want to read it to you. And then I want to yeah. hear your thoughts on it. So cool. it goes, life is beautiful. Life is a beautiful game that can be fun, exhausting, and challenging. Feel the feelings and play the game to the best of your ability. Learn from your errors and help others do the same. Don't worry about what the score is for in the end, people will only remember how you played. Yeah, it's, pre it's pretty cool. Actually, that one, and so a lot of these were, were taken from my Instagram page. Mm -hmm. um, and that one was particular was I was watching my son play baseball oh, and he had wow. just started. It was his first year playing baseball. And so it was like a picture of him at bat or something like that. I, that, that I kind of wrote that along with. And um, it is so true. So even just to kind of dial it back, like if you think about, and I'll, I'll just use that analogy, right. To kind of bring it into play. Mm -hmm. If we consider life and we'll use the analogy of a baseball game as an example, you know, you're there at the plate, like you're there just stepping it up. Like it, it, it's a beautiful day outside. You've got the bat in your hand. Mm -hmm. uh, it can be exhausting. It's going to be, you know, th there's work to be done, 
There's a lot of people around. There's a lot of different things that could happen in any given moment. But in the grand scheme of things, you're there to play. You're there to be you and to show up at the bat, right? Mm -hmm. To show up at the play. And when you get to the first base, it's your job to be there and look around and see everything that's going on in the game. Yeah. And you could sit there and think about, oh my gosh, this is a tough game. I might lose. And I don't know if I have another error. Of, like, you could spend your time thinking about that over the entire game. Mm -hmm. Or you could be excited the fact that you're on first base or you're at bat. Like, this mm -hmm. is a gift. Like, this moment is an opportunity for you to play the game of life. Yeah. And it's not about winning. It's not about, oh, my gosh, what's going to be the score at the end of this game? It's, who can I be right now? Mm -hmm. Who can I be as I try to get the second? What's next? How, how can I cheer on whoever's at bat also? Yeah. How can I connect with those on the opposing team and see what, what I can learn from them? Mm -hmm. Right? There, there's so many different opportunities in any given moment in life when we start to look at it. Uh, Simon Sinek calls it the eternal game, right? So it's not even mm -hmm. the long game, it's the eternal game. And we realize, okay, I'm not worried about getting to the end. I'm just being here now and I'm playing because I have been given this gift of life and the opportunity to play. I've been drafted wow. up to the big leagues, right? Every single day, and this is it, <laughs> this is my game. What do I wanna do with it? Do I wanna spend this time worried about how I might get an error, or I might drop a ball or whatever, or do I want to, to be present and be the best player that I can be? Wow. I love, I love that analogy because, you know, relating that to when you said your son's playing baseball is relating that to life because I never, I never thought of it like that. You know, I've never thought of, you know, an example like that because it's so true that there's so many things that we worry about. I feel like, you know, on a yeah. given, you know, and it's, it's like normal people, you know, you have those days, you have those moments, but I like how you expressed it in the way that, you know, when you're getting up there to bat or like, what if I drop the ball? What if I don't hit it? Or what if I can't do this or get over there or whatever? You know, we always have these thoughts of like, what if this happens? Or, you know, maybe something in the past happened that's reminding you of where you are now. And, you know, I love how, you know, when I read that quote, I just, I read it like over and over again. And then I wrote it down and I was like looking at it and that's when I texted you. And I was like, <laughs> I just read your book. And I was just like, I don't know. It's just, it, I really liked that because, and also hearing like where that came from for you, like it came yeah. from, you know, you're pulling these moments from your life and from, yeah. you know, your Instagram page experiences with your son, your family, whatever it is. And you're really putting that into a piece of work that other people can look at and read and sit there and relate to and really yeah. have this, um, you know, like, I like how the, the bottom of it, you, you said a first aid kit for the emotional bumps, scrapes and bruises of life, because it's, it is. Those are, it, those are things that we all have, right? Yeah. And to your, your point, so many of us, and by the way, again, it's we, so many of us show up Look, like to your point, looking at the past or worried about mm -hmm. the worst case scenario, right? And we'll, again, I'll just dial it back because everybody's gonna have different worst case scenarios, whether it be a job, whether it be a relationship, whether it be health, whether all these different things. Mm -hmm. And but, so we'll just use the analogy of the baseball game again, because it's easy and, we can, and we'll recognize this analogy. But you're, you were spot on. So many people show up to bat and all that they're, they're spending their life worried that they're going to strike out and they're spending their life worried that they're going to pop and someone's gonna, they're going to get out. They're going to make an error. Mm. And they're worried about the last time they played and they got that strikeout. And they're worried about all these different things that went wrong or could possibly go wrong. And when we have these thoughts, we are literally creating energy because mm -hmm. our thoughts, I mean, you can measure, you can measure brainwaves. Like we literally are creating energy when we have a thought. And so when we're physically creating energy that is only looking at the past, which may or may not serve us, or the worst case scenario, it's like what we, we've been from an evolutionary standpoint, um, 
you know, we're, we're preparing for the, for the, the, the saber-toothed tiger outside the cave, <laughs> right? All day, every day. But guess what? There's no saber-toothed tiger out there. It's all inside. It's all, mm-hmm. it's all just fear. And unless you are physically in danger, fear 99%, we might have even touched on this during our last, our, our last conversation, but fear mm-hmm. is a liar, right? Fear mm-hmm. is, is trying to protect you from stuff that doesn't actually exist. And so we can, I guess the point of almost even just that quote is we can take that exact same physical energy and focus it towards creating love and creating gratitude and, and creating thoughts about what it will feel like when the best case scenario. Mm. In fact, to even dial it back to the, even just the, the sports analogy in general. And I, by the way, I'm not an athlete. I'm not really <laughs> much of a sports guy, so I couldn't name you know, a lot of sports players. But I can say that those who are extremely successful, you ask any of them and they'll tell you that they spend you know, so much time focusing on the win, focusing on the basket going in, focusing on hitting the ball mentally. They go through all, so much mentally before it actually happens. And those are the people who are successful because they are creating it before it's happening internally. And yeah. that's how they step into it. And that's what they think about more often than not. So the energy that we're creating, because I know I, I really like how you said the thoughts that we have and the way that we think about ourselves, others, our situations, whatever we're thinking about, we're creating energy by having those thoughts and really thinking that way and seeing things that way and perceiving things that way. And I feel like, you know, that the example you gave of the baseball game, I love it because, you know, that, you know, when you get up there and you're about to bat, you have, we have all, we all have moments, right. Um, in our life when we look back and say, okay, you know, this happened before and this didn't work out. And now we're here and you're about to do it again. I I really like the end of the quote, the end, the, the last part of that quote, where it says, people will only remember how you played. Like, don't worry about what the score is. And I feel like, you know, for, you know, whether you're trying to relate that to sports, whether you're trying to relate that to a job, a relationship, I feel like sometimes we do get so worried about the score, right? And like thinking about, you know, these external things or these things that we haven't been able to obtain or whatever that is. And we kind of get so wrapped up in that, that we don't even remember that we're playing the game, you know, that you're in the game, that you're there, you're in the game. And I feel like, I don't know. I just, I really love that comparison because it just brings up so many examples that, you know, we could get into and like discuss. And the, this book just really does that in such a beautiful way, like through the way that you convey those messages and you have these quotes and, you know, you have these images and you have the band-aid section and you really, you know, wrap up what you're saying in such a small package that people can just take that with them. And like, you don't even have to, you know, be like, what, you know, because I feel like sometimes when we read things, we're like, we have to think about it for a while. Like, what, what did I just read? You know, what, what is the message? Like, you know, what is the point of this? What am I taking? What am I supposed to be taking away from this? And I feel like with your book, it's very clear and it's very easy to follow and it's very relatable to a lot of situations. And that's why I really liked it. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, thank you so much, Paris. And, and the other piece too, um, is that I did write it for people of all ages as well. So it's, yeah. it's stuff that people who are in high school or having stressful challenges or, you know, worried about going to college or just worried about social situations. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of people, parents ask me, you know, have written to me and, and bought books for their children or for their teens going through social anxiety or whatever, because it is like, and, you know, a lot of the time I'll send notes and it's like, listen, life can be like a little stressful. Sometimes it can be overwhelming, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that it can't still be beautiful. Yeah. 
the more we start to see the beauty, the more we start to look for the beauty and, and create habits of thought of seeking beauty and recognizing beauty. And I yeah. say firsthand, the more it starts to show up, the more we start to be grateful for the moment, the, the more moments seem to be uh, something that are, are grateful to be grateful for, if that makes sense. It's like, <laughs> you, you, yeah. For earlier points, so many of us build up the habit of stress and feel it's a habit of anxiety mm. and a habit of looking for the worst case scenario and preparing yeah. for the worst case scenario. So there's an opportunity for us to create a habit of seeking joy and a habit of creating gratitude and a, and a habit of loving others and, and seeking empathy and compassion. Mm. And we start to do that for others and we start to recognize that we're all one anyway. Yeah. And we start to have that, that love and compassion for ourselves as well. And we start to see ourselves and others it becomes this level where we're really, um, I think human nature is not a competitive one. I think human mm -hmm. nature is one of cooperation and creativity. And I think mm. there's been like this misconception, you know, you go all the way back to Darwinism of like survival of the fittest. And I think that makes sense with animals who they were actually will eat you and they don't really have the consciousness that we have. Yeah. <laughs> but when we talk about the human nature, we can say, listen, I'm, it's not my, I'm not trying to be better than you. Mm. I don't want you to lose. I want to be the best version of myself so that you are inspired to do the same for you. Mm. I want to be the wow. light that I want to see in the world so that you are inspired to do the same. Yeah. So if we're on opposing teams in an athletic situation, I'm not winning to beat you. I'm winning to be the best version of myself. And if you're looking to win to be the best version of yourself, and I happen to be more experienced in this example, and I happen to be the winner of the game in that example, you're looking to be the best version of yourself. What can you learn from the person who did win, right? So it's mm. not like, oh, they beat me. I don't like them. They're yeah. better than you. No ego involved as much. Oh my gosh. Awesome on him. He experienced this, him or her, whatever. I have also now want to do that as well. And I can't wait until I do. How can yeah. I be a better version of myself to, to accomplish that? Wow. I, I like how you, when you described that, you mentioned personal development earlier. So if you could kind of just get into what, what is the main message or messages related to personal development that you really wanted to convey in writing this book? Yeah, <clears throat> that's another awesome question. I would say that I think it comes down to people deciding who they, I think, and I'm thinking out loud, by the way. <laughs> I think what it really comes down to is helping others, helping everyone recognize the power of now. Mm. And that no matter what your life story has been, no matter what challenges you've had, um, your past doesn't equal your future. Mm -hmm. And by changing some basic habits or some basic understanding of who you have the potential to be in any given moment and taking responsibility to step into the greatness that you are, like stepping into our greatness, recognizing, listen, I mean, when it comes down to it, and this is getting a little bit deeper, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting chills even just saying it, right? We are all divine beings, all mm -hmm. of us, every single human being on this, earth, uh, on this earth, good, bad, whatever you want to judge them as from afar, every single person on this earth is a divine being, mm -hmm. is magnificent, is made up of energy that is a consciousness that is literally physically taking on physical form. Uh, and it's a pretty amazing thing when you think about it, right? Mm -hmm. So when you, the listener, takes a moment to realize that you are a divine being. You are magnificent. You are made up of energy, the same energy that makes the star and the sun and literally can create solar systems and have these giant things circling around the sun. That's the same stuff that made you up. Yeah. So when you recognize that is the truth and it's like, okay, and, and now that I know that and there's gravity, there's oxygen, there's sunlight happening every single day when I wake up just so that I can exist. It's like, wow, that, that's a lot. What am I doing with it? What could, yeah. I, what, could I, what could I do with it? 
And it's not that you want to judge yourself for not being good enough up until now. I haven't done enough with this amazing gift of life. The opposite, right? It's like, okay, now that I know this, if I'm really thinking about it, who do I want to be? Well, it seems like a far stretch. People say, well, I could never do that because of this, because of that. Stop looking at your past. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to hear all the reasons you can't do it. I want to hear the excitement and the gratitude for your ability to, to figure out a way to do it. Yeah. And when we start creating gratitude for the outcome before it occurs, and we utilize things like patience, and we recognize that we can create it if we practice it, presence, we can create it. And, and by the way, I also dial it back and say, I get it. It's, it, it take, like anything worth doing, it takes practice, all of these things. Yeah. Um, I feel like the book was written to help, like I said, in a layman's term, a very conversational way for you to kind of realize that you can. But even in that sense, you might need to practice it for weeks, months, years before you really feel confident in, in who you are. Yeah. Uh, in that space. But it doesn't mean it's not a reason not to do it. I like how you taught, how you mentioned, you know, not looking at your past so much. Cause I feel like that's, that comes up. I feel like sometimes for different people, right. When we're, when we're trying to learn more about gratitude, when we're trying to learn more about creating this different kind of a mindset where we can be here, be present, be joyful, experience that. And I feel like sometimes people, you know, have moments where they're reflecting and they're like, well, you know, this happened to me. And I, I like how you, you mentioned, you know, to focus more on what you can do going forward with yeah. what you learned from reading this book. Like when, so you read this book. So what, what are you going to do now? You know, what, what can you do with the information that you learned? Like, what are you going to do to, you know, take that and really apply that to your life, your situation, whatever it is to really get a positive outcome. Cause I feel like it, you know, when, when we're learning this and when, you know, maybe someone's new, right. To learning about gratitude or learning about personal development or learning about themselves in a positive way. Maybe they're new to that. And I feel like, you know, I like how you said you wrote this book for all ages because it really applies to, you know, more than just one type of age group or one type of person. I think it's great that you, and I also like how you said when you were writing this, you wrote it for yourself as well you know, totally. you wrote it for you as well. So, you know, I, are you, I wanted to ask you too, are you, um, are you planning on writing anything more in the future? And if you are, what do you want to write? I am. Uh, I have a couple different <laughs> ideas actually. Yay. <laughs> one is, I've actually have two, two main ideas. One is a bigger one. It's a little bit deep and they're both just in, in concept phases right now. Yeah. And again, by the way, Paris, thank you for asking such a great question. I really, <laughs> appreciate your genuine curiosity about my journey. And so I I really do. I'm grateful for that. Yeah, of course. Um, So one of them is called, I have a working title Mm -hmm. and it's called, and I'll explain it in a moment. It's called mind the GAC (laughs) and GAC is spelled a G A C C. And it stands for the great and constant conversation with the universe. Wow. And so when you're, when you're in London, uh, every time you're about to get on the train, you just hear this thing. It's just saying mind the gap. Uh, that's like this tone that comes on says, mind the gap. It's like, be aware that there's a gap between you and the train. And uh, for some reason, that, that just phrase always stuck out in my head. And when I started kind of labeling this, uh, the great and constant conversation, which I'll, I'll touch on in a second, and it was just easier for me, instead of talking about it with my friends, instead of just saying the great and constant conversation all the time, I would just say, oh my gosh, I had such a gak moment just now, or whatever, I would just talk yeah. about the gak. Uh, even though it's, you know, <laughs> it's kind of an abrasive word, but when you get to the depth of it, it's nice. Um, and so the great and constant conversation is the concept that, you know, it, it's the concept of the law of attraction. It's the concept of when you think of somebody and they call you or text you. Mm. It's a conversation of when you, of coincidences or synergies that, that show up in your life. 
when wow. you think of, of anything, right? So for me, if I think of a certain person and they show up for me, that is, it's not just, oh, that was a coincidence. It's not just, oh, that was a, and it was a response to my energy mm-hmm. and my thoughts, because again, we go back to our thoughts or energy, but that is life responding to me. That is life literally saying, I heard you and now here's my response. Mm. And so when we then, that, that would be a one-way conversation. But now when I recognize that, that life, the universe is speaking back to me by showing me something that I thought about or created gratitude for, and then I create intentionally create more gratitude for whatever just appeared into my life mm. as a coincidence or a synergy, it is now me continuing the conversation. So now it's a back and forth. Wow. And so now I, I thought of something and it could be just something basic that is not, I'm like, oh, I'm so grateful for that, that sandwich. And my wife brings me home a sandwich where I didn't talk to her, <laughs> right? That, that, that has literally happened. It's like, oh my gosh, I, I think, about, oh, I'd love to have a, a cheeseburger today or something. And then like within a half hour, I get a phone call, hey, do you want me to pick up a cheeseburger? Which I don't even eat cheese. Like it's like this weird type of stuff, right? That's a very, very basic, basic example. Yeah. But when that type of thing happens or you see a number consistently over and over again that you, so for me, the number 44, I've decided, right? There's no, I didn't read this in a book and there, there's lots of stuff that you can look up when you see numbers, mm-hmm. what they mean. I personally, and this has everything to do with me and nothing to do with any of the other people out there that put these types of books out there. I have a challenge just like, where did you get this information to say, oh, well, this number 44 means this, or the angel said this. I just would, my, my question always goes, well, who told you that, right? Mm-hmm. So for it to be a fact. So for me though, knowing quantum physics and, and understanding that when I do have thoughts, there is a response, right? Mm. So I decided a number of years ago, a number of years ago that whenever I see the number 44, it just means that I'm on the right path. Yeah. And it means that I'm, I keep going, right? Which is the epilogue for my book. And so wow. now whenever I see 44, not only do I say, you know, yes, I'll keep going, but B, thank you. Right. And I create yeah. gratitude for it being shown to me. And then through the great and constant conversation, life hears your gratitude, feels your gratitude, and now wants to give you more things to be grateful for so that you can continue the conversation and it can go back and forth. And so the more we start seeing these synchronicities as gifts and as as a conversation for us to respond to, the more we step into that, the more it becomes flow and the more every single day is the great and constant conversation. Wow. Uh, So that's... You know, that, that's well, that's, that's cool. That is cool. Like, okay. When you are done with that book, I'm going to read it. I want to read it. I think that's, I think that's awesome. I think, you know, I'm just so happy that you were able to make time today to come on and really talk about your book, talk about, you know, what inspired you to write it, talk about the messages in it and really, you know, all of that. I really, I love that. And I'm glad that, you know, we connected and I'm glad that I have your book and you guys all need to read Ryan's book. It's called Be it's called the title of this episode. So look at the title. So be patient, be present, be joyful, a first aid kit for the emotional bumps, scrapes, and bruises of life. Ryan Stanley's book. It is great. It is small. It is so many great messages in there, super powerful, and you guys will all love it. So go get a copy of it. Thank you so much. And by the way, before we wrap up, I just want to say this went on so quickly. I felt like I could talk to you for hours. And so thank I know, you for, I know. For, uh, my, my diatribe and stuff, but really it was awesome. So thanks. thanks. For it was. Me. All right. Well, I can't wait to speak with you again soon. And I hope that you have a good day. And I hope that you guys all have a beautiful day as well. <laughs> all right. Bye, Ryan. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> 
All right, guys, that is the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this one as much as I enjoyed creating it. As always, if you guys would like to get in touch with me to talk about becoming a guest or to share your thoughts on this episode with me, you can do that in a number of ways. You can shoot me an email to crookedillness at gmail.com. You can send me a DM on Instagram at crookedillness, or you can message me on my Facebook page at crookedillness as well. I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your day and thank you so much for listening to Crooked Illness.